And so the idea that all your disciple needs is a copy of the Bible and a really consistent 30 minutes in the morning and then all the scriptures will be unveiled to them is not realistic. That's not how people actually learn. People tend to learn how to go deep in the scriptures through reading it in a community setting and then being sharpened in the context of, of a robust uh, discussion or what we, we refer to as a midrash. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called Life on Life Discipleship, where we provide you with personal coaching and equipping on your journey to taking on apprentices to multiply disciples. So to learn more about this coaching intensive, visit 1kh.org discipleship. And if you're interested in learning more about a thousand houses in general and want to check out some of our other resources, head on over to 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. So as we dive into what it takes to immerse the people we're discipling in the story, we've talked about the story form life, we've talked about the ways of Jesus. I want to talk about one more tool. I would say of the three, this is definitely an optional one, but one that I think as you disciple more and more people, you may really want to consider doing, and that is to start a Bible reading group. I call them a midrash. I have a men's midrash I've been doing for probably the last uh, 10 plus years, where you pick a location and you introduce people to a Bible reading plan. And then as they're reading the scriptures, it's a place that you can go for a 90-minute intense discussion of a couple of the chapters of scripture that you're reading that week. Now, the reason for this particular rhythm is because we want to make sure that in our discipleship, it's becoming increasingly comprehensive. We found a way to immerse people in the ways of Jesus. We have a way to help people understand the overarching story of the Bible. But how do you deal with like all the other parts of the Bible? I mean, there's a lot in the epistles. There's a lot in the Torah that I want to introduce people to. There's the wisdom literature. There's so much uh, throughout the Hebrew scriptures that oftentimes gets skipped and that we don't really understand where it fits. And I think that uh, the church in general today is just very comfortable with that idea. Yeah, we understand people will probably only practically have a Bible that is about a tenth of the size of the whole Bible um, in terms of their even understanding of why it's there, how it applies to their life. I am totally uncomfortable with that. I think the Holy Spirit has preserved every single word of Scripture for a reason. And so we want people to have access to all the richness of the scriptures. And so um, this is a lot to ask when you're just starting the process process of disciple making. Uh, and this is why I would recommend this being kind of a more advanced uh, step. But I want to introduce you guys to what this is all about, because I think for many of you, you will find this will be such a fun uh, part of your rhythm. In fact, for me, this is one of the most fun things that I get to do. It's like a family reunion. When I get to go to the, the Midrash, this Bible reading group that I have, and ours is every other week, I get to see people that I discipled 10 years ago. Um, it's a it's sort of a central place for us to read the scriptures together and really continue to hone each other on a lot of the more advanced and uh, the parts of the Bible that, that are less known, but still so critical for our own growth. Um, and so uh, how do you do this? Well, there's a, there's basically a few tenets that has caused me to to really value this tool. One is that 
I believe we were meant to study the Bible in community, and this is not widely believed today. Ever since the printing press and as our world became increasingly literate, our idea of what it looks like to be a good Christian is to read the Bible all by ourselves. Um, to sit there in the morning and to read a couple of chapters of the Bible and then to go into our day. Now, I do that every day. I love that. I believe in that. But that is not what was happening before the printing press and before mass literacy. What was happening before that was pe people would read the Bible in community. What was a synagogue? We think of a synagogue similar to a worship service. And today's Jewish synagogues are kind of similar to a worship service. But in Jesus's day, it was more like going to a reading group. This is where they didn't have their own copy of the Bible. And so in order to read the Bible, they would have a reading they would do in the synagogue on a weekly basis on the Sabbath, and then they would have a discussion. That's how they would grow spiritually. They would read it out loud and then discuss it in a very robust way. I don't know why we ever stopped doing that. That is so important. People have really a hard time reading the Bible on their own and then understanding what it means and how to apply it. We need the whole body. We need teachers there. We need prophets there. We need all kinds of different people. We need people that know how to encourage and how to sharpen. As the Proverbs say, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so as one man sharpens another. We need to have that experience around the scriptures. And so the idea that all your disciple needs is a copy of the Bible and a really consistent 30 minutes in the morning and then all the scriptures will be unveiled to them is not realistic. That's not how people actually learn. People tend to learn how to go deep in the scriptures through reading it in a community setting and then being sharpened in the context of, of a robust uh, discussion or what we, we refer to as a midrash. So that's the first tenet. The second is that we were meant to read the Bible in sync with one another. Now, th this is something that certainly most uh, uh, historic Christian faiths and Judaism, they have a way of doing this, but many Protestant traditions do not have this. Do not get the entire community on the same Bible reading plan. And I think this is really unfortunate. This is missing. Uh, this, this makes what I just described earlier about having uh, reading the Bible in community virtually impossible. Uh, and so I, I really got uh, reintroduced this idea um, reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together, where he was adamant that when people were in a community, they needed to sync up their Bible reading plans so that when they're just sitting there over lunch, they would have something to talk about, that their, their, their conversation would just naturally shift to Scripture. This actually happened to us when we were in Israel. We were going to meet these two um, uh, ladies who were Hebrew teachers. They didn't really know each other very well. And so we, we actually uh, were late to the coffee shop. And when we got there, the two of them had introduced um, themselves to each other. And they were in the middle of a deep discussion about Joseph because that was the Bible reading for the week that the entire nation, that, that they were all reading the Bible in sync. And so they were reading the Torah, uh, the same Torah portion every single week. And so if you were just hanging out with somebody um, and it was, you know, there was some dead space, you would begin to talk about the reading from that week. And so I think this is really, really valuable. So I hope that if you're not in a community that has a, a synced up Bible reading schedule, that you will join one. Because um, I think that's really important. And if you guys are interested, we have a Bible reading schedule we use for our community. You guys can take a look at that. There's so many of them online that are that are really helpful. Um, so, but that that is that is a basic tenet that really will will make cement uh, this particular rhythm. Um, and then the last thing you need to believe that to really invest in this is that is that when you are uh, w when you are studying the Bible, um, it's really helpful that there be some level of tension and. Uh, and that's, that, that, that is really, I think, helpful. It's, and we talked about the power of the discovery moment in a midrash and how that helps with your memory, uh, of that particular lesson. And it helps you really flesh it out and talk about application. So 
Um, how do we actually lead? Um, and I'll describe this in a little bit more detail. Uh, very, very simple. So if there's a, our Bible reading plan has about 10 chapters a week that, that, that people will read. And so I will pick two of the chapters for the Midrash time. Um, and that what we'll do is we will read both chapters out loud. So the first step into our Midrash is we just start reading. You can go around the room and just say everyone's going to read four, three or four verses. We're just going to read uh, these two chapters. You read the chapters. Then you begin to discuss like this is the same method we talked about. There's observation. People ask questions. And then through that robust conversation, there's discovery. And so part of what you want to do is just have the courage to say, I don't, what do you mean by that? Or let's talk about that. Like really midrash what this means. And then, then you start to move the discussion towards application. So when, when you begin to discover a principle in the scriptures, don't just think about it as an abstract philosophical theological idea. You know, somebody needs to ask, uh, what does this mean? Or somebody needs to say, oh, I don't know if I apply that to my life. Or what would that even look like today? And so you want to you want to be asking those questions, sort of uh, beginning to stir up the application process in that in that discussion. And so uh, and the, part of what leading this looks like is oftentimes what I've noticed is that people will uh, begin to talk about a couple of verses. They'll go deeper and deeper into that. You'll hit a maybe application uh, after about maybe 15 minutes Oftentimes, it's helpful for somebody to say, okay, what else do you guys see in these passages? That's all I ask. What else? What else is there? That gives everyone permission to, instead of just continuing to beat that dead horse, like, okay, let's pull back. What else are we seeing in these two chapters? Uh, what else can we discuss? Um, and so that's that process. We usually have like end up having three or four really robust, intense discussions of the course of that 90 minutes. Um, and uh, and that's that's what that looks like. Now, I think one of the things that is helpful if you begin to create one of these these Bible reading groups or a midrash group um, is to consider if if God does have uh, somebody with the gift of teaching to invite them in. So if you know somebody who's like, wow, they're just, they love the Bible. They seem to have all these theological insights. They read lots of books. Maybe they've been to seminary or they, whatever. Like I encourage you to, to invite somebody like that, if that's not you, into that Midrash. They would love to be there oftentimes, to be in a place, to be in a room where all of that accumulated knowledge and insight that they've been building, they get to, you know, share with others and interact with others in that way. Um, and so that, that's, I think it's a great way to just sort of make sure that that, that the voice of, of, uh, of scholarship, if need be, or deeper understanding um, can exist in those Bible reading groups. I don't think it's absolutely necessary, um, but I've noticed that, that it's really helpful over time to try, try to recruit somebody who's, who's really um, has that, that part of that gift of the body, and they tend to really like to be part of it. Um, but one of the things uh, that I love about this is that this can become the great reunion place for your disciples and their, and their descendants. Um, if you find a place in your city where people can can show up and do these Bible readings, oftentimes when you're done with this discipleship season and, you know, people you discipled are off making disciples of other people and you're now starting with some new people, um, you might lose track of those people or find that there's not a great rhythm for you to, you know, get to have some more learning experiences with them. And a midrash is a great way to to, to stay in contact with those people. And because they're maturing, their often their voice in a in a midrash like this in a Bible reading group can be really powerful and helpful for you in your own discipleship. I found that people I discipled ten years ago are the ones who are challenging me the most in the most helpful ways. They know my life, they know the gaps, 
and they're not afraid after you know all these years of maturing way past what anything I've ever helped them uh, in uh, to really challenge me. And so this has been a wonderful experience of getting to be with those people, uh, read the Bible with them, go deep in in what it means, and figure out together how to how it applies. And so um, that's the 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 last of the three tools I want to introduce to you, to you all: uh, the Storyform Life, the Ways of Jesus, and a Bible reading group or a Midrash group. And so uh, is this something you need right now in your biblical diet? Um, is there one that you can join? Is there one that you want to start? Um, it's really important to make sure that you, if you are the one that's kind of the hub person, the way to start one of these is to pick a time that's convenient for you. When can you give it 90 minutes? Is that a morning time? Is that a weekend time? Is that an evening time? Is that a lunch time? Find a location and make it really, really easy for you to commit to. And so for me, every other week was important for me to stay very committed to, to this rhythm. Uh, and then I just, you take it upon yourself for the first three to six months to fire off invites to people, friends you know, believers you know, bring those people you're discipling. Obviously, you want them to be present if possible. And so it's going to take some time for this to take off, right? You got to give it time. You got to be persistent, inviting people, establish this group. Uh, of people that are willing to be reading the scriptures with you uh, and to be discussing um, these two chapters or so a week or every other week to begin to really have this experience of of making sure that we're understanding these different parts of the scripture. And the basic way I prepare, if I'm getting into a really, really challenging or confusing part of the Bible, it could be in the middle of Leviticus or Amos or the end of Ezekiel, or I'm like, what is this all about? Um, I take a lot of time uh, while I'm reading, and if there's something really confusing to me, then I'll try to dive into resources, you know, whether it's commentaries, uh, there's certain teachers that I trust that I'll, I'll look up on YouTube and see, okay, how, have they talked about this passage? Uh, there's three or four of them that have almost talked about every chapter of the Hebrew scriptures. And so I'll dive into what their commentary looks like on that. Um, and again, this is part of, partly coming from me because I'm a teacher. I, I really enjoy that process. And if you know somebody uh, who could help you with this midrash, then you want to bring them along as well. But it, it's really simple. Find that time, set it aside, continuously invite people and get the conversation going. Begin to find a place where you can study the Bible and experience it with those people you're discipling and in a larger community. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a deep desire to actually make disciples in your context, but you simply don't know how, We'd love to invite you to apply for our coaching intensive called Life on Life Discipleship, where you're going to work through online content and receive personal coaching on this journey to making disciples that multiply. So for more information and to apply for this coaching, head over to 1kh.org discipleship. We'll see you for the next episode.